Sports Soul Show with Ed Easton Jr. We are back here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio as well as iHeartRadio. And today's episode is a different, has a different feel to it, obviously, because it is an anniversary that a lot of us wish we never had to, uh, that we had to recognize. And that anniversary, obviously, is September 11th. It's been 17 years since the uh, tragic attacks on uh, both the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, and then the people that were lost in Pennsylvania, the uh, terrorist attacks that, let's be honest, it's changed the way everything is done in this country. It's changed the way we look at each other. It's affected so much these past 17 years, and every year... When there's the opportunity to read the names of those that were lost during that that fateful day, it is it brings chills. It just brings chills to um, everyone that remembers just what went on during that time. And you know, I just like to just tell my own story from it. You know, I'm obviously I'm I'm blessed to not have lost anybody close to me during that time, but just experiencing the aftermath and just the the process of everything that was happening and just people, you know, so much fear, so much of the not knowing is what really, it just really defined that entire time. I mean, the scariest thing for me being at that time, a, a high school freshman, the first week of school, not really knowing what was going on like I I hadn't like obviously you knew when someone explained it to you but comprehending that something like that could actually happen that's something you hear out of movies well let's just be honest that's something that if they told you they're going to put that in a movie they'd probably say hey that's a little bit too much it was that extreme and what made it worse it was that real looking outside your classroom and seeing just smoke you know, through smoke in the air and it's obviously a one location from where the World Trade Center Twin Towers once stood. It's one of those things where you just, is an image that you'll never get out of your head. Obviously, everyone sees the stuff they saw on TV, especially seeing the plane hit the, hit the actual tower. It's, it's just something that people will never forget. And it's just a, uh, a reminder of how sometimes we're just not as safe as we think we are. And how important freedom is and how important peace really is. It's extremely important. People talk about, you know, just these having wars and having enemies and and, you know, everyone wants to talk all tough, even if you talk on a lower level of just people in general amongst each other in, in the city. Something like that happens. It puts everything in perspective. All the innocent lives. And I've yet to have a day where I didn't learn something new about someone else lost during that time, whether they were on the plane, whether they were in the towers, whether they are in the Pentagon. Heartbreak. People lost their lives of Heartbreak. Knowing that their love their loved one wasn't coming home. It's just the 
the sheer fear is what people, I think, will always remember from that time 17 years ago. And I, I, like I said, I would never wish a moment like that ever again on anybody at any time period of their life. And 17 years later now, we still talk about that day. We still try to educate others. We still try to make sense out of where the world is going. And one thing that I've always brought up, and obviously, you know, you guys are listening to the show because it is a sports show. Sports has a weird way of distracting you, entertaining you, and just putting things in a helpful perspective. So it's kind of like just having sports in my life was really important during that time because... I needed a distraction myself. I'm one of those people that I think about things over and over again. I need that extra, just something to to get away from that for a minute. Just that pain, the suffering, the heartbreak that everyone was feeling during that time. I just remember all the different sports that were going on from the NFL, the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball. Like This was the the critical point in the season right now for, for many people. And how all of that just was important only because it served as that distraction. And I was able to find out that the uh, 9-11 memorial, which was put up right after the, um, the attacks at a point that was called Ground Zero. It's a beautiful museum. And it was my first time actually going. I have to admit, it was just a beautiful tribute to those that were lost, and it, it just, it, you know, you want to go in there without trying to be emotional, but it's impossible. It's impossible to go in there and just feel like you just want to break down, not want to break down and cry, because it's, there's so much energy that you could feel in there. And I'm one of those people where you, you want to go to a place like that and learn so much about what happened for so many people that maybe were not even around or were too young to understand, this is the best place to go to be educated on those events and to also pay tribute to those that sacrificed their lives to help others and to those that just lost their lives in this this horrible crime. Let's just this what it is. It's a crime. It's definitely a, a great place to go. So check it out. Nine Eleven Museum. And I do want to follow up and say that the biggest reason I also went from the sports perspective is that they had a special exhibition. And it was comeback season, sports after 9-11. And they detailed all the important events right after 9-11 happened when it was a big shutdown in every sport, every league, from Major League Baseball, the NFL. They just shut everything down. They didn't know when would be the right time to come back and play. And... It was a it was a concentrated effort to just put into understanding of the importance of sports and how people can use that as the escape. And, you know, President Bush at the time made one of the biggest stands by throwing out the first pitch in game three of the World Series for the Yankees. They have a, a nice monument to that there. They also have some nice portraits from 
the biggest, one of the biggest home runs in New York sports history with Mike Piazza hitting that home run against the Braves in the first game back for a baseball team. And I was at Shea Stadium. Uh, it was such a huge moment. It put the uh, Mets up in that game and it gave people hope for that slight minute. I think that's when everybody for one night were a, uh, a Mets fan around the country. Didn't matter if you were a Yankee fan like myself or you celebrate the Braves or you just love any other team. Everyone just felt like a Mets fan for that moment, just for, for New York itself. And I just thought that was a classic moment. I'm going to play some sounds from that as well as um, just some different sounds from from all the different things. And I do want to keep bringing up this museum because they break down each situation. And you can check out some of the photos on my Instagram. That's at Ed Easton Jr. It's, it was such an, an iconic moment in, in time and just people trying to just comprehend what, the, what was going on in the world. It was scary. It was just a very scary time. So sports played such a huge role in all different levels. Even the Rangers did an amazing tribute. The New Jersey Devils did an amazing tribute. I'm going to play so many different clips of that just so I can bring everyone back to that time. This is right after 9-11, so I'm going to play a lot of the the immediate impact that it was affected that it felt throughout the sports world so that we can all like remember what was going on. I'm going to do that later in the show. But um after the first break, I am going to talk about the Hall of Fame because we did have the Basketball Hall of Fame induct a lot of great members if you really put it in perspective. Um, you're talking about Katie Smith. Uh, you're talking about Tina Thompson. You're talking about Grand Hill, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Um, I don't even want to forget anybody else's name. Ray Allen, you know, Maurice Cheeks, uh, Dino Raja. There was so many great names inducted this year. Uh, the great Doris Burke. How could I forget her? You know, it was uh, a lot of great speeches. I'm going to play you uh, a little bit of... Uh, four of the speeches from Hill, um, Allen, Kidd, and uh, Nash, just so that everybody has an understanding of just, you know, just the Hall of Fame itself and what they had to say about being inducted. So when we come back, we're going to get into that, as well as some of the sounds from 9-11, after, sports after 9-11. And like I said, it's an emotional thing. So everybody, if you have any thoughts, Chime in on my Instagram at Ed Easton Jr. as well as Twitter, same thing. And uh, let's just share. Let's share the thoughts and let's remember that time. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. It was just a numbing experience because the last thing on your mind is baseball at this point in time. Nobody knew what to do or how to act or what was too much or what was not enough. I realized that there was something for us to do and it was to try to, you know, distract the best we could. They said, this NY on your hat represents more than the Yankees. I said, it represents the city of New York. All I kept thinking and we kept saying is, I hope he throws a good pitch, I hope he throws a good pitch. And he threw the perfect pitch and the crowd went crazy. It's almost like that perfect pitch started the healing process for everybody. 
And that feeling never went away. iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on-demand music collection all in one app. iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Kidd. Bill Duffy and Aaron Goodwin. I still laugh about the night at Phil Knight's house when a Nike employee was kept calling me the, a different name. And I didn't really realize it. I was just so happy to be at Phil Knight's house watching a basketball game. Lynn Merritt, the general, thank you for showing me the world and being a great friend. My business mentors and advisors, Lester Nispel, Ira Walker, and Bill Pope, it's great to have a, the right team around you for advice. And that also includes when you are young. Huge thanks to Ms. Paranon, my fourth grade teacher, the coaches at St. Pascal's, and also the coaches at St. Joe's. To name a few, Frank Laporte, Coach had a vision to, as a freshman point guard to start on the varsity. Without his vision, I would not be here today, or maybe not have the career that I had had. So thank you, Frank Laporte, for having that vision. <clears throat> Gordy Johnson and my teammates, Chris Stone and Andre Cornwell, a special thanks to you guys and your families for being so supportive and helpful. Thank you. The coaches at Cal Berkeley, it was fun being a Golden Bear. I didn't mean to look at you, Grant. Coach K's over there, too, somewhere. <laughs> Ty Bozeman, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to go to Cal. Grant Hill, a special thanks to you. We were co-rookies of the year, and now we are being inducted into the Hall of Fame together. I think we truly inspired. I think we truly inspired each other to work harder and to achieve more. It is just an honor to be on this stage with you tonight. Finally, I would like to get to my family. You always save the best for last. Ann Kidd, my mom, who is a super strong, supportive person, 
but it's extremely tough. She wasn't the mom that thought everything her son did was wonderful. Actually, she was and still is my toughest critic on and off the court. Her love for basketball runs deep, that's for sure. When I didn't play well, I knew I was getting a text or a call. What adjustments I needed to make came from her always for the next game. Thank you, Mom, for all your support through the years and just being you. I love you. Steve Kidd, my dad, showed me what it, what, what, what it was to work hard and be devoted to your dreams. My dad always made time for his kids. We all miss and love you, Dad. My sisters, Denise Taylor, Kim Kidd, thank you for your endless love and support. To my wife, Portia Kidd, thank you for being supportive and for being honest. You are incredible and a real straight shooter. An example is, is at the end of my career, and we both know it was going downhill. Uh, <laughs> I was with the Knicks in the Indiana series, and I took some shots. I missed, their, I missed every one of them. You told me to stop shooting, and it was time to hang up the shoes. <laughs> and you were right. I went right to Woody and told him I was done. You have always been by my side through thick and thin. Thank you for your true love and support. To my kids, Chance, TJ, Noah, Maya, Jazzy, and Cooper, I wish for you all to grow up to be good people, to be honest, to be devoted, have passion for whatever you choose to do in life, and don't be afraid to fail. Love you. Ladies and gentlemen, Grant Hill. Of course, I'd like to thank all the GMs I played for with an extra special thanks to Billy McKinney, who drafted me in 94 to the Pistons. When I found out that he publicly cried after he drafted me, I thought it was because he really, really wanted Jason Kidd. <laughs> he probably did. I don't blame him. Of course, I'm probably the only inductee here to thank members of the medical community, too. Arnie Kander of the Pistons, one of my favorite people in the NBA. Dr. Nunley, Dr. Levin, and Vinnie Hudson, the three of you essentially saved me and my career, and I'll forever be grateful. Also, thank you to Dr. Tom Carter and the Phoenix Suns training staff mafia. Aaron Nelson, Mike Clark, Tom Maystadt, Mike Elliott, and Jay Gaspar. You guys are the absolute best. I also want to thank Tommy Amaker, Mike Bray, Pete Gaudet, the Duke Brotherhood, and the basketball program, and the entire university family Together, we are a passionate, loyal force of nature. I might be the first Duke ball player in the Hall of Fame, but I can promise you I won't be the last. I have to acknowledge my entire NBA family, the Pistons, the Magic, the Suns, and the Clippers organizations and their respective cities. To David Stern, Adam Silver, Mark Tatum, Russ Granick, and the NBA office for your leadership, your friendship through the years, and for the chance to realize a dream of playing in the NBA. Thank you to USA Basketball for the opportunity to represent my country in the 96 Olympics and win a gold medal. Of course, I'm lucky to still be around the game that I love so dearly. And of course, I have to thank 
David Levy, Lenny Daniels, and the entire Turner NBA TV family. Your organizational spirit and culture makes it an absolute joy to work at, despite being constantly mistaken for Steve Smith. <laughs> What's up, Smitty? Uh, also, thank you to my Atlanta Hawks family, Tony Ressler, Jamie Gertz, all of our partners, coaches, players, the entire organization and fans. I sincerely believe, I, I sincerely know that our future together in Atlanta is very bright. Go Hawks. Also, a thank you to all my friends, business associates, uh, colleagues, all of you who played an important role in this journey. Lon Babby, Jim Tanner, Helen Dooley. Your contributions have been invaluable and greatly appreciated. On the night when I paid homage to my, my various influences and basketball heroes, nothing compares to the love, respect, and admiration I have for my parents. My grandfather used to always say, there's 12 inches between a pat on the back and a pat on the butt. But as a parent, you got to do both. And of course, that was back when you could do both. Um, but the key is contact, constant contact, staying connected, being engaged. And mom and dad, you guys have been there with me through this entire basketball journey. From day one, when I registered for the game at Huntersville Elementary School at six years of age, to now here in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Thank you both for being by my side on this incredible journey and for always being my number one heroes. And and to my beautiful daughters, Myla and Lael, there's nothing that gives me greater joy, pride, and fulfillment than watching you grow into amazing young women. The moment I met you both for the very first time, I knew then you guys were my inspiration, my true inspiration in life. So on this evening here at the Hall of Fame with all these Hall of Famers, just know that you two are my Hall of Famers. I love you both dearly. And to my phenomenal wife, Tabia, I still, re yeah, clap it up. That's right, clap it up. I still remember the first time I saw you, and um, I knew that there was no way ever you would date me or marry me. Uh, but somehow, some way you did. And these last 22 years with you have been uh, a gift from up above. So I sincerely look forward to continuing to spend my life with you. Thank you for your love, your strength, your sacrifice, and being an awesome best friend as well. In closing, I'd like to say how amazing my basketball adventure has been and still is to this day. Yes, at times it's been fraught with challenges and experiences that have forced me to grow in ways I could never imagine. You see, the game, it teaches you about life about commitment, perseverance, coexisting with others, handling success, dealing with failure. It will challenge you. It will encourage you. And if you're lucky, it will reward you too. And through my personal developmental process, I have tried to always honor and respect the legacies of the men and women who paved the way, many of whom are in the Hall of Fame and in this building here tonight. I'd like to thank all of you for your significant contributions to the game, for your sacrifices, and for allowing us, the Hall of Fame class of 2018, to stand on your shoulders as we pursued our dreams on our respective journeys. And now I'm fortunate 
we are fortunate as a Hall of Fame class to join you here in the Basketball Hall of Fame. With that said, uh, Jason, Ray, Tamia, I think I was brief enough. Kind of? Okay. Well, I know the rest of it will be brief, but I want to thank you all. Have a great night, and God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Allen. How do you dunk on your dad and not feel bad about it? But I honestly felt like I arrived at that moment. So a lot of my expertise and my, my growth comes from Walter Ray Allen Sr. So thank you, Dad. John, Talisha, Kim, Christy, you guys, you know, no matter where I went in life, I always knew that I had to represent, you know, the Allen children. So thank you for always pushing a good example and always being in my corner. You gave me the courage to go into the world and be the player that I knew I could be and the one that you knew I could be. To my kids, you are the best of me. You are my greatest legacy. Tierra, you are an amazing individual. You've helped me stay focused when you came into my life as I was a kid myself. Your spirit is amazingly bright, and I believe you will change the world. Ray Ray. You constantly impress me with your kindness and with your passion. I always tell you that you can do whatever you choose because you are a warrior. Walker, you have the biggest heart and the greatest joy of anyone in the world. I love to see when you walk through the door. Hence your name, Walker. You're always walking through the door, and I love it. I love when you come through the door with that huge smile on your face. Winnie, you remind me most of myself. You have such a kind soul, and you have an awesome spirit, and you're an amazing big brother. Winston, my baby boy, you have such a great heart. You keep all these boys in line. Your smile is so contagious, and when I see it, I know all my troubles will go away. I love all of you. All of you kids are my greatest legacy. I learned in life that our kids pay attention to everything we do, everything we say, and everything we don't say and everything we don't do. So I have to be an example to these young people at all times, and we gotta make sure that we're a great example to the kids in our lives at all times, because we do set the tone and the example in all of our communities. I tell every young person that the orange ball is truly magical. The things it's done for me, the people it's allowed me to meet, the places that I've been able to travel to, the world it's exposed me to, the things I could have never imagined. It, truly an incredible journey. I played in the Olympics in 2000 with the USA team. Thank you, USA Basketball, for holding a place for me and allowing me to, to stand on that stage as a representative and ambassador of this great country and all my great teammates that I played alongside. It's, a, it's been an amazing ride, and at this moment, I want to just say thank you to everybody that's been a part of it. I learned everything I know just from watching the guys that I've played alongside in every city. I want to thank all the coaches that I've had in my NBA career. Uh, there's so many to name. I've, you know, I've had a couple coaches that get fired, but we still love them as well. Um, uh, Doc Rivers, Bob Weiss, uh, Mike Longobardi, T. Lou. Uh, Chris Ford, um, Eric Spolstra, 
um, Nate McMillan. There's so many to name and so many people have influenced me. And as I sit here, I, I, I still hear these coaches in, my, in the back of my head telling me to get back on defense. You know, I wake up in the morning thinking I need to get back on defense. I want to thank all the people from all the bases that I grew up with. Castle Air Force Base, California. Ramstein Air Base, Germany. Bentwaters Royal Air Force, England. Edwards Air Force Base, California. And Shaw Air Force Base, South Carolina. Thank you to all the enlisted men and women around the world serving our country. If I didn't play in the NBA, I certainly would have been going toe-to-toe -to -toe with these people all over the world, uh, protecting this great country of ours. I want to say, thank the cities that have taken me in and allowed me and my family to be a part of their community. Stores, Connecticut. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Seattle, Washington. Boston, Massachusetts and Miami, Florida. I loved every place that I lived and I met some incredible people in each of these cities that will be family for life. My only regret, regret is that I had to leave, but I want you all to know that you will always be a part of my heart and my family and I'll be always a part of your communities. I don't believe in talent. I'm here because I worked hard my whole life. Without that work, no one in this room would know who I am except my family. So to all the kids around the world watching, paying attention, and aspiring to be like one of us or even on the stage someday, put the work in and watch the magical ride you go on. Thank you to the hall. Thank you, Fran, for your amazing work that you put in this week. Thank you to all of my fellow inductees. What an amazing class that I'm a part of, being able to parallel some of the careers that, that I've had the opportunity to, to parallel and play against some of you guys. And, grow up watching and admiring you. You set such a great example for us all, and you continue to set that same example. So I'm humbled and honored to sit here and be a part of the class of 2018. Thank you all. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Nash. Mean the world to me. It was a transformative stage of our careers. Mike was becoming an all-star. Dirk and I, joining the worst team in the league, were barely NBA players. We, we pushed each other. I can't remember how many times Dirk and I went back to the gym every night, one-on-one, -on -one, horse, conditioning, pushing each other. Many times I had to convince him how good he was. But together with Mike, leading us, teaching us, allowing us to surpass him at some point. It was an incredible time in my life. I'm forever grateful. I remember watching film one night with Nelly after we lost. We had the whole team in there. Actually, we won this game, but, <laughs> but Nelly was pissed. And he, he was telling us, showing us how we laid an egg. You know, and Dirk and I were just starting to become good NBA players. But I had to continually convince Dirk that. I think he still thought, like, no, we, I don't know that we can make it in this league. And so he's showing, Nelly's showing the fourth quarter, and we're cutting corners, not moving the ball, lazy. 
And late in the game, I beat my man, got in the lane and scored. And Nelly goes, well, sometimes talent wins. Dirk looks at me and goes, talent? <laughs> I mean, it was funny, but it kind of pissed me off. Mark Cuban bought the team during our run in Dallas. His relentless energy challenged and changed the way the NBA is today. I admire it, and I thank you, Mark. The greatest experience in my career was playing in the Olympic Games for Canada. My coach was Jay Triano. Jay was a hero to me, recruited me in high school, and taught me to love the game. And always said, shooting is like breathing. You got to do it every day to live. I appreciate you, Jay. Thank you. Robert Sarver, Andy Kohlberg, Dick Heckman, the owners of the Phoenix Suns who bought it from Jerry Colangelo. Their first matter of business was to go recruit a, a 30-year-old point guard in Dallas after they bought the team. I don't think Robert was happy spending a lot of money on the first day he owned the team on, a, on an old stiff at point guard, but they did it, and it was a magical time in my career, and I appreciate your support. You guys made it fun. Thank you. Mike D'Antoni. Mike was the coach for my greatest years as a basketball player. He was a brilliant, brilliant, he is a brilliant coach, but for me, he was obviously, uh, 100 years ago, was a brilliant basketball coach. He taught us not to care what anyone else thought. He'd run it down their throats, put pressure on them the entire game, and make them pay. And I'll never forget that attitude, that spirit, and those lessons. Thanks for those great years, Mike. Alvin Gentry, he coached the hell out of an aging team. I think we were picked 13th in the West. We got a couple games from the NBA Finals. It was one of the funnest years I've ever had in my career, so thank you, Alvin. <laughs> Phoenix's training staff, Mafia, they're getting a lot of love tonight. Uh, these guys, Aaron, Mike, Jay, Eric, Tom, these guys kept me on the court, were friends, they were honest, and they allowed us to get through, not just physically, but mentally. I love you guys. Thank you. In Phoenix, I got to play with Amari Stoudemire. I I didn't, I didn't really watch a lot of film when I played. I certainly don't like to look back now, but whenever something comes across my timeline or I see a pick and roll with Amari, it makes me smile. I mean, this guy was the ultimate target for a point guard. He made the game a lot of fun. Thank you, Amari. <laughs> Dr. Buss. I got to meet Dr. Buss shortly before he passed. He still had that rascal in his eyes, scheming another championship. Our conversation was incredible. I thank him and everyone, the Los Angeles Lakers, for supporting me through the toughest time of my career. 
I've never worked so hard to make anything happen and not get there, but I appreciate all the love and support I got from the Bus family and the Laker organization. <laughs> to my agent, Bill Duffy, who's been with me the entire way, from college, through my career, post-career. He's a mentor, a supporter. His values, his family have always set an example for me. I appreciate you, Duff. Thank you. Rick Celebrini. Many of you don't know him, but he's been a big brother, a mentor, and a world-class physical therapist who taught me how to move, taught me how to play, and taught me how to embody the spirit that this game was meant to be played with. He's the godfather to my youngest, Luca, and he means everything to me. Thank you, Ricardo. I'm going to direct this to Lola, Bella, Mateo, and Luca, and all the other kids with their life in front of them. I mean, I think you guys know how much you mean to me. I... Guy loves a camera, but uh, the, you guys know, I mean, the rest of you probably don't see a lot of me, and that's largely because I want to be home with these guys, and that's a priority and something that I won't miss for anything. For all of you kids out there, just like these four, find something you love to do. Do it every day. Be obsessed. Balance can come later. Use your imagination. Put pen to paper. Declare your intentions. Set small goals. Knock them off, set more goals. Gain momentum. Build confidence. Grow a deep belief. Outwork people. Play the long game. You don't have to be the chosen one. The secret is to build the resolve and spirit to enjoy the plateaus. The times when it doesn't feel like you're improving and you question why you're doing this. If you're patient, the plateaus will become springboards. Finally, never stop striving, reaching for your goals until you get there. But the truth is, even when you get there, even when you get here, standing on this stage, it's the striving, fighting, pushing yourself to the limit every day that you'll miss and you'll long for. You'll never be more alive than when you give something everything you have. Thank you. NFC, AFC, offensive linemen, defensive tackles, quarterbacks, and cornerbacks are all working with United Way for a million little reasons, the kids of our communities, to ensure their academic success all the way to graduation day. You see, it takes about 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a kid becoming one or the other could be a professional athlete or it could be you. Studies showed the earlier we get to kids, the better their chances. So become a United Way volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor, and make a difference in the life of a child, for the life of that child. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. 
Join your favorite NFL players. Take the pledge. Go to unitedway.org. Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. And as promised, we're going to get into some of those clips from sports right after 9-11. A sport that I really didn't mention amongst the group with the NFL, Major League Baseball, that you're going to hear first, actually, and I want to introduce it. I thought it was interesting that there weren't major sporting events going on around the country around the time of the attacks. But two days after the actual attacks, World Wrestling Entertainment, or back then was World Wrestling Federation, held a live event, SmackDown Live. And the show opened with Vince McMahon, he obviously the owner of WWE, uh, addressing the crowd and addressing the uh, incident, the tragedy, I'm sorry, that took place just two days prior. And you also hear from The Rock, Booker T, Kurt Angle, and Stone Cold Steve Austin all giving their thoughts on what happened on that fateful day. Tonight, tonight, the spirit of America lives here in Houston, Texas. On behalf of everyone here in the arena and a worldwide television audience, we would like to extend our condolences to the victims and the families and friends of the victims of the terrorist acts that occurred on Tuesday in New York City and Washington, D.C. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to return to living our lives the way we normally do. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to continue to live our lives the American way. They've encouraged us to practice and exercise our constitutional rights. And as such, tonight I believe this is the first public assembly of its size since the tragedy of Tuesday. Make, make no mistake about what, and make no mistake about the message this public assembly is sending to terrorism tonight. And that message, quite simply, is that we will not live our lives in fear. The citizens of Houston are not afraid. The citizens of Texas are indeed not afraid. And by God, the citizens of the United States are not afraid. For we are a proud people, proud of who we are, proud of our nation, and damn proud to be Americans. USA! 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 
And we, and we will fight. We will fight for our families. We will fight for our rights. And we will fight for our great nation. America's heart has been wounded. But her spirit, her spirit shines as a beacon of freedom, a beacon of freedom that never has been nor ever will be extinguished. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you here in the Compact Center tonight. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you watching on television. We would like to thank you for the honor and privilege of performing before you here tonight. First and foremost, I have to say that I can't fathom or comprehend the pain and the suffering and the anguish that the families and friends of the victims are going through. The workers working diligently 24 hours a day, sifting through the rubble and looking for any remnants of life it's difficult to talk about this and I will say that I can't I couldn't imagine what it must be like to be there I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine if my own family were there I uh, I will offer my condolences and certainly say that everyone is in my heart and in my prayers, and I, um, I just want to say uh, to everyone out there, again, to the families and friends of the victims and and everyone involved, is to just stay strong. Stay strong. I just want to say that my heart, my thoughts, and my prayers go to the victims and their families. You know, all my life I've always wanted to do something special to be considered an American hero. And after winning the Olympic gold medal at the Olympics, some people would consider me to be an American hero. But after watching this terrible tragedy, now I know who the true American heroes are. They're the police officers and the firemen and the doctors and nurses and the paramedics and all the people that stretched out their arms to help the victims and their families, they're the true American heroes. They deserve a gold medal. Or better yet, they earn the right to be called Americans. It's true. I just want to give my condolences to everyone who had, you know, who's involved, you know, Everybody who was on the flights, you know, all the, all the firemen, all the policemen who, 
as soon as the thing happened, they rushed in there to help someone. They just want to save someone and to lose their own life. It's, it's tragic, but those guys in, in our eyes, in, in, in history, it's always going to be remembered as, as heroes. That's the way I feel about them. And for something like this to happen here in, in America, you know, it's, it's given everybody uncertainty. It's, you know, can we go out of our houses? You know, it's kind of crazy right now, but I know it's going to make us stronger. It's going to pull us together. It's going to make us a better people. I don't have anything philosophical to say or anything's going to change the world. I just know that I was given an opportunity to speak about what's happened, so all I have to offer is my opinion. And uh, in my opinion, what I think is uh, the people who did this are nothing but a, a bunch of complete cowards. Uh, my heart goes out to anybody that lost loved ones in this whole ordeal. And uh, I think that tonight, uh, by going back to work with the World Wrestling Federation, I think it's uh, I think it's the thing to do. It feels strange, and I've had this uh, I've had this bad feeling come over me ever since this whole thing has happened. It doesn't seem like I can shake it. But uh, as a person, and I think uh, as a country, we have to shake it. Uh, we have to mourn uh, the losses of people that we knew, but we have to. Uh, we have to get back, to, we have to get the gears rolling again, and that's what we're here to do tonight. Uh, what happened this past Tuesday was the worst thing that I've ever seen in my life, and uh, I hope that I never ever see anything like this again, except to the people that when we find out who did this, get a payback, because they deserve a payback, and they deserve exactly what they have coming. I don't know about you, but as for me, the question has already been answered. Should we be here? Yes. Should we show others how to demonstrate our resolve? Yes, and we shall do it here this evening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to baseball. Welcome back to Bush Stadium. To all of the fans tuning in around the country, welcome to St. Louis. The Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers and all of baseball welcome you back to Bush Stadium and this special evening in memory of those who lost their lives in New York, Washington, in Pennsylvania, and in honor of the heroic rescue workers and the pride that we have in our country, which we shall show you here this evening. Making their way towards the second base area are the color guards representing the American Legion, the St. Louis City and County Police Departments, the St. Louis Fire Department, and fire departments from around our area Following them, our area firefighters bringing in our nation's flag. Ladies and gentlemen, we all now know about our police and firemen and the work that they always have done for us.
these men and women are here. They are here to demonstrate their love for their fallen brethren. And the police and fire department will always be there for you, whoever you are, whatever you need, despite the fact they don't even know you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to read a poem which I have written for this occasion, after which there will be a special 21-gun fireworks salute. Since this nation was founded under God more than 200 years ago, we have been the bastion of freedom, the light that keeps the free world aglow. We do not covet the possessions of others. We are blessed with the bounty we share. We have rushed to help other nations, anything, anytime, anywhere. War is just not our nature. We won't start, but we will end the fight. If we are involved, we shall be resolved to protect what we know is right. We have been challenged by a cowardly foe who strikes and then hides from our view. With one voice we say, we have no choice today. There is only one thing to do. Everyone is saying the same thing and praying that we end these senseless moments we are living. As our fathers did before, we shall win this unwanted war and our children will enjoy the future we'll be giving. Lopez wants it away. And it's hit deep to left center. 
Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run by Piazza. And the Mets lead three to two. Tonight's ceremonial first pitch, and please welcome the President of the United States. take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to the show and just going down memory lane in regards to uh, sports after 9-11 ESPN did a great uh, version of it themselves they actually were there at the museum where I did visit and they spoke to like Joe Torre and a lot of the uh, first responders and I thought that was a great job and I just hope you guys enjoy just going back to down memory lane with uh, some of the clips that uh it, it just it brings chills even 17 years later and let's just hope for better days. And until next time, you've been listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.